This is Planted, a podcast that encourages us to be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and established in the faith. Today we discuss the only two options for whose children we are. We are either a child of God or of the evil one. Hey everybody, Pastor Matt Grimm here at Cornerstone Presbyterian Church in Brighton, Michigan, joined by Thad Keenel once again for the Planted Podcast. How are you doing, Thad? I'm doing wonderful. I'm refreshed and ready to go. All right. Yeah, Thad's been down south on vacation and doing all this study and well, relaxation and, and a lot of golfing. Pickleball. Pickleball. Yeah. <laughs> Fun. I love pickleball. Is four hours of pickleball a day too much? It's not. <laughs> except except the knees in the morning. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. So good. Oh, it's good so to be good. back. I I did. I, I was able to, you know, stay in the word, which was uh, which was great, and uh, not have any classes to prepare for. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting that you can let yourself kind of meander off mm. some of the general topics, uh, which is a neat way to go sometimes. Yeah. And um, because uh, I, I tend to be one of those people that like to chase down strings of rabbit holes of, of whatnot, you know. And sure. so sometimes when I'm preparing for a class. I think we experience that here on the podcast. We do. <laughs> we do. And I can't help myself. And I know we experience it in my classes too. Yeah. But, um, you know, that's, that's kind of uh, what leads yeah. to, I think, it, it helps me with um, biblical hermeneutics. Yeah. Which is, you know, just proper interpretation and, and uh, finding other places that the scriptures speak to similar topics. Right. And it's just, re- it's, it's really a helpful thing. Plus it's a, it's a lot of fun to discover yeah. new things. That you yeah. Really trying of. to harmonize the scriptures and, and seek that continuity. You know, yeah. we recognize there are some things that appear to be some discontinuity and we're always as covenant theologians, we're often, you know, seeking uh, to find that continuity that we believe is there, you know, so. Well, one of the things about, um, I think, our human nature in general is that we're resistant to change mm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that can come along with us as we approach the scriptures. Right. But really, um, I, at least for me, and I know probably for you, um, as you begin to mat- mature in Christ, um, you desire more change, right? Because yeah. you're desiring the right. change to be conformed to the image of Christ exactly. and the knowledge of what um, the scriptures bring. And so that change is good. And so um, you actually even desire to be wrong at times because, or, or at least for your right. um, incorrect thoughts to be exposed right. because that just brings more light to right. our discussions. You know? Yeah, because we want that old man to be passing away and the new man to be growing yeah. in, in conformity to Christ. And talked about that a little bit. I just came off the men's retreat this year, uh, this past weekend, and you know, I had a chance to talk a little bit about you know how do we put off the old, and I was using terminology of the the garden, you know, in terms of key, uh, guarding and protecting ourselves from the world and the things that are the old man is drawn to. Um, and then, but also needing to cultivate and grow and minister and serve the new man, uh, yeah, right. you know, and so that's, that's what we, we do need to do that. And so, and I think it, not unrelated to what we've been talking about here with, uh, with John in first John, as we've been emphasizing evangelism and the need to to witness in word and in deed. And part of that witnessing in deed is 
is putting on the new man, living the life of love that that John is talking about here, right? That uh, as we ended last week, how do we know how someone's a children of the devil versus a children of the Father or, or of God? And that's namely that you put on the love, the love that you have for your brothers, one of those evidences that this change has taken place, that anyone who is fathered by God does not practice sin. And against that ongoing characterized life, not that we never sin, Right, because we know in from First John one that anyone who says he's never sinned, you know, or doesn't keep doesn't sin, then is um, is made out to be a liar. Right, right. But we can always go and confess and 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 um, live out that that right relationship with God. But it's this ongoing practice that there's this. We've we've talked before about the difference between a uh, life of perfection or a life of direction. Here, he's not talking about the perfect life, but he's talking about a, a life that is directed now towards God and that doesn't keep on in that ongoing repetitive practice of sinning that we do repent and there is this desire to change. And, and so with that, there isn't this um, uh, ongoing uh, continued bent towards the life apart from God, right? No, that's absolutely true. And you said this um, several podcasts ago, but there... Um, in the spiritual realm, there is no neutrality. Yeah. Right. right. You are either you're either a child of God, right. or you're a child of the evil one. Exactly. I mean, those are the only two options, and so right. uh, that's that's kind of hard for us to swallow because we think that there's plenty of people that are out there, you know, that may not even go to church or, or call Jesus Savior, mm-hmm. and they're they're pretty decent people, right? right. And so we've talked about. Um, how the demeanor of a, of a person right. is not necessarily right. a um, an exposure to the light or right. the darkness of their heart, right? Or even other religious people, right? right? The same thing, you know. I, I know people who are practicing other religions who are probably who outwardly would be seem much nicer and loving people than, than me. Sometimes it, right? it happens all it happens yeah. all the time, right. but that's uh, that you know. And this is again where the gospel and you and I had mentioned this. Um, uh, in, a, in a short conversation just a few minutes ago, but the Bible and the scripture is meant to be offensive, yeah, right? Because it's meant to expose the right. the, the wickedness of our hearts, right. right? You know, and so that's what turns us to helps turns us uh, toward the light, um, as the light is that true gospel message that goes forth. And so, as you were talking about in the beginning uh, of, of your conversation right now, um, you know. Those who are born of God, that's the new creation. Yes. Those are the children of God. Right. And that's that's the whole picture that we're looking right. at here. Right. And back to you talking about there's no neutrality. Uh, you know, I think we're gonna see that in this, these verses we're gonna read. You know, there is this real evil that's there and it manifests itself as early as as the the first children of, of Adam and Eve, right? Yeah, you're right. And so here we go. So we're going to pick up uh, chapter 3, starting in verse 11, I think, and read through verse 17. Uh, So what are you going to be reading to us today, Thad? Uh, I'll read out of the New King James Version, and uh, you probably have the URSV, I would imagine, open, so we can see where they might differ slightly. So from verse 11 of chapter 3 in 1 John, it says, For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. 
He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Verse 16. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? Yeah. Lord God, we just come to you and and pray for your uh, spirit to guide and direct our conversation. We pray uh, for your truth to be made known, and we pray that you would do that work of change in us as we uh, wrestle with your scriptures. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, uh, verse 11 is, in some ways, a recapitulation of uh, 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 something he said before, and he's bringing up again, drawing us back into this um, love, because uh, he ends verse 10 saying, you know, this is how we're going to know who's, a, who's a, a child of God, right? And so he says, this is our message that you've heard from the beginning. And now that phrase he's used other times. He's used it at the very opening of the letter, uh, you know, as it relates to Jesus. Um, and Jesus is the embodiment of the, the love of God. Right. Uh, the message of eternal life, that life that is ongoing, is is the life of love Jesus exhibits, um, and it's so it is the message as well as what the message produces. Uh, so this is the message you've heard from the beginning that we should love one another, uh, and so we've talked about that in previous podcasts. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it, but we talked about it in terms of how it relates to even the Old Testament Shema, the thing that they're to listen to. And to listen and obey, um, to and, and confess the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Um, and and when Jesus is asked about this, you know the, the the greatest commandment to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then he adds the the Leviticus passage on top of it, and and, and love your neighbor as yourself, right? Right. And so so that's what we have here, really. You know, he's saying this is the message you've heard it from the beginning, not just the beginning from the apostles, the beginning even with Jesus. This has always been his message, and this has been the message of the Father that this is who God's people are that we are to love God and we're to love one another. Uh, and then he jumps immediately to Cain. So we go from, he, as an example of this, so talk about from the beginning, <laughs> right? He goes way back to the beginning of the fall, and right after the fall, Adam and Eve, um, their, uh, their oldest son, Cain, the first offspring of Adam and Eve, uh, murders his younger brother. Uh, why? Uh, he, he says that. For what reason uh, did he do that? And, and what's the reason that he gives for? Well, it uh, says that? because his works were evil. Interesting that he jumps to the, the, the works um, as the evidence of why he kills his brother. Right. right. And so what is that? Well, I think most likely he's probably referring to his deeds in terms of the offering that he bring, brought to God. Uh, and so the uh, and it's a very interesting um, dynamic here because what you have is so often in these early chapters in Genesis, you have this. In some ways, they're very simple stories, but they're but they're very dense in terms of what's there in symbol and in meaning. And and we find out a lot throughout the rest of the Old Testament and especially the first five books and 
unpacking, you know, what's going on with some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, now I'd like to add if I could, because, um, my response was, um, after your question, why do we know this? And, and I read it be, yeah. be, that it says, because, um, oops, I, I just skipped. Oh, and because his works were evil, but actually prior to that, it gave us a little deeper hint to why his works were evil. Doesn't it? Well, it does. Yeah. It, he says, now the because statement is referring to his deeds, right? Um, and right. the question is, why did he murder him? But in, in describing who Cain is, mm -hmm. who he was, it says what? He was of the evil one. Right. Right. Okay. You, yeah. Mine says the wicked and yours the evil. Same thing. But we, yeah. we know who that is, right? It's, it's, of, it's of Satan. Yeah. So So again, this is this is this is pointing directly to whose child are you? Yes. Yeah, so he's using this back to illustrate this whole thing that he's been talking about in this conversation. And so I'm just looking at he's of the evil. Um now he now we know that he's not naming Satan here, but he's but he is of the evil one. Mm -hmm. You know. So um so I think we have a legitimate reason to point to other places where he would he would say that. And so uh um well I'm just thinking like how Jesus exposed the Pharisees, you know, the the Jewish leaders of the day, he calls them because he says because you are of your father the devil. Right. You know, and it's right. it's the same thing. It's it's the exposing of the heart that is not transformed by the living God. Yes, yes, and so it, the if you were to to look other places where this is um, being talked about, you know, I think we would find that Jesus does refer to the to Satan in this way, the evil one, mm -hmm. right? And so we we have that now. As we ask ourselves this, that seems a kind of a harsh thing. We've talked about this before, even even introducing here. You know, we're talking about in the spiritual world. You're either on one side or the other. You know, back to this. But is Cain in Genesis described this way? Our New Testament author here is looking back and interpreting that situation and, and putting this label upon Cain. Um, but yet, if we're in Genesis 4, it just says Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain, and, and then Cain was a worker of the ground, and Cain brought to the Lord an offering. And, you know, um, it wasn't acceptable, and Cain was angry. Uh, and so... Um, how does John get to Cain being the, what's the word again? Is it not should be like Cain, who was of the evil one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, first of all, um, John is speaking um, from inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Right. So he is able 
to make that analysis. And because he does, and because yeah. um, he, his words are scripture, then we can use that as scripture. Right. Um, but what John is, is doing is explaining Cain's actions um, and the root of them from the, the wickedness of his heart. Right. Cain is, Cain is um, acting out according to pride. Yes. Right. He, he is proud and he is jealous of his brother at this point, but there was no reason to do it. He just was not sacrificing a, a, a sacrifice that the Lord intended him to give, right? Right. He was trying to sacrifice from the work of his hands. There it is again, the pride thing, right? Not what the Lord had yeah. commanded for, for sacrifice. Yeah, potentially. I mean, there's the whole debate of, it. you know, because Abel brought um, an animal and, and Cain bought grain. Uh, now, that's what they. That's what they both worked at. I mean, Abel was uh, a, sh- a shepherd, and Cain was he worked the ground, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and we find out later there there were grain offerings that you could bring as part to the temple. So it. So whether it's trying to distinct so show one or the other, I I don't know. I think what we do know is that one was acceptable and one wasn't. Right. Well, the and, better question is, or the first question is, how did they know what was accepted? <laughs> right. It doesn't tell us that either. No. You know, but. But we know one was and one wasn't. Right. And so I, I, it's very likely that Abel brought the best of what he could bring, and it seems like Cain didn't bring the best of what he could bring, potentially. Right. Um, and now, that, that, that's a little bit how I see it. But the, the point is, is that what's interesting is after they bring it, who's angry? Is God or is Cain? Yeah, Cain is the one that gets angry. God Cain. doesn't accept the offering, but he doesn't he doesn't punish Cain yeah, for right, it. Right, right, exactly, right? But what he does warn him, he warns him, sin is crouching at your door. Right. Right. Now, what... Now, again... We, now, when I hear the is, word crouching, I'm thinking a lion already. <laughs> I mean, the lion is, you know, walking this earth, you know, seeking who, whom he can devour. Well, right, he is... And he's, but he's also in 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 the previous chapter. He's referred to as a serpent. Yeah. Now I don't know if serpents can crouch, but maybe he could crouch before he got his legs taken away from him. <laughs> <laughs> right. But well, but the thing is, is that I think we do have the evil one is right. He's basically saying the evil one is right there at your door, right. Cain. You know, are you going to listen to him like your mom and dad? <laughs> are you gonna or are you gonna master him? And that's something that they didn't do in the garden. They had every reason to master him. They were to rule over the beasts, right? And right. he appears as a beast. So they have authority to rule over the serpent and don't, right? The other thing they, they were to do is listen to God. Right. And so when, when, you know, one of the questions, when God comes to Adam, he's basically saying, who did you listen to? Oh, I listened to my wife. Well, he wasn't supposed to listen to his wife. He was supposed to listen to God. <laughs> to Yahweh, right. right? And and so and so Eve, who are you listening to? Oh, I listen to the serpent. Well, no, you're not supposed to listen to the serpent. You should be listening to your husband and to God, right? <laughs> you know. And so, um, all to say that I think what John, the Holy Spirit is doing through John, is helping us see this, right? That when when you act and listen, when you listen and then act. Whether you think you are or not, you're identifying with the evil one. 
with the, the, the very act of taking from that tree was being of the evil one. The very act of, of, of then not mastering sin at the door is to be is evidence that you this is your identity now. Right. right? You know, I just I just decided to do a quick uh, word study here from my Logos program, mm-hmm. and because you mentioned this word evil and the evil one, and so I looked it up. At, I, instead of going to the New Testament, I actually went to the Septuagint. Ah, interesting. And uh, the first place that it pops up is in Genesis two nine. And it says, and out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The Mm -hmm. tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. It's the same Greek word. I mean, it's almost like the tree of knowledge of good and the evil one. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's interesting because... That is exactly what the serpent uses to tempt Eve. Yeah. Right. And and it has to do with knowledge. Right. And it's kind of something that we were talking about not too long ago, where this knowledge um, uh, that that comes in um, without using God's wisdom attached to it, right. or the wisdom of of his of his yeah. truth. Yeah. And I think that's one of the issues with the tree. It's is it's not a bad thing to know evil. It, it's a bad thing to know it by experience. Right. Right. Um, and, and that's when, when we know through the experience of it and, and especially when we're not ready to handle it, you know, Adam and Eve, uh, you know, God, it's not that God didn't want them to be able to distinguish between good and evil. He just didn't want them to do it through experience, uh, you know? And, and so when they saw that it was good, you know, to eat and they went and took it for themselves, that taking of it is like, okay, I'm just going to go experience it. And I'll learn, you know, I'll learn whether the the stove is hot by touching it or yeah, not. You right. know, yeah. <laughs> instead of t- instead of trusting God, telling me, you know, that it's probably not. It this is what this is. I don't touch it. You know, uh, and so yeah, it's fascinating to me that John, in talking about love, and who is of love and who isn't, and who's of the devil and who isn't, jumps right to Cain. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, which which all this comes out of that and and because it which is also interesting that you what's the outcome of of Cain's going to the evil one is it's right to murder now I, I think most people in the world and this goes even goes back to like the Romans one you know that people most people know you know good you know if there's one thing that most people aren't going to disagree on in terms of just a, a plain, now, we can disagree on what's murder and what's not, because you know, like, there are certain things we would say is murder and other people wouldn't say is murder. Yeah. Let's, let's take abortion you know, in, in there for right. an issue. But the point is, is that in most cultures, if, if, I just, if you just walk down the street, you know, get out a gun or get out a knife and kill somebody, people are going to say, you know, that's murder, that's wrong. You know? And that's, that's, that's what we have here you know, with, with Cain. And, and John is saying, you know, why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and the evil's brothers. Don't be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. Okay. Now we're, we've just... He's bringing up... Why does he... bring? Because Cain hated his brother, Abel, because God showed him favor. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that how... We don't necessarily always think 
um, hate and murder go together, but yet isn't that the very thing that, J- that Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount? Yeah, sure he is. Who, yeah. He who hates his brother is, is, is committing murder in his heart. Right. You know? And, and so um, uh, why do I bring all this up? The human tendency, I think, is to downplay sin. Oh, it's not that bad. Hey, nobody's perfect, bad. <laughs> we're okay. Yeah, we're all sinners. Right. But are we all murderers? No. I'm not, no, I'm not a not, bad guy. We're not all murderers. I don't, don't, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not perfect, but I'm not Cain. Right. Come on. Wait, is John, what's John saying here? Um, If you don't love one another, then you're like Cain. I don't, wait, wait, wait. Uh, I don't love everybody, so you're trying to tell me I'm like Cain now? Right. What, what's, what, why is he bringing this up? Um, I, I don't know that he's necessarily like jumping right to Romans 3 and saying we're all sinners here. But I think he is pointing out to us that there is this distinguishment, right, between who's with God and who's not, who's of the evil one and who's not. And if we're thinking about evangelism and we're thinking about our neighbor who's a nice guy, he cuts his lawn better than I do, he, he'll watch my house for me when I'm gone, um, you know, uh, he, he works hard, he's got a nice family, um, he's not Cain, he's not of the evil one. Right. Well, you know, the heart of man, um, we we like to make excuses for ourselves. And so we like to compare ourselves to somebody that's worse than us in the natural world, right? Um, in fact, if I were to ask you, let's just pretend that you weren't saved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, hey, Matt, are you, are, you a, are you a pretty good guy? Sure. You are? Yeah. Okay, let's, uh, let's test that theory. Okay. Uh, have, you ever, have you ever told a lie? Oh, little ones. How, little ones? I mean, have you, how, how many lies do you think you've told in your lifetime? Hundred, at least a hundred, maybe. Yeah, at least. All right. So if 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 I if I tell lies, what, what are you going to call me? A liar. You're going to call me a liar. Oh, so you just admitted that you're a liar, right? Have right. you ever stolen anything, even if it's small? I may have taken something home from the office. Oh, well, now if and I then. if I steal something, what are you going to call me? Thief. I'm a thief. Okay, so now you just admitted that you're a liar and a thief. Now here's the big one. Yeah. Right. Have you ever lusted after somebody? Hmm. Yeah. All right. Now, Jesus says that if you ever had lust in your heart, Mm -hmm. that it's the same as committing adultery. So now you just admitted that you're a lying thief and adulterous at heart. And you're... (laughs) 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 All right. I mean, we can keep going. I mean, mean, because the hate is... Jesus compares that to murder, right? Right. So so the the Bible exposes through its truth and through the law, Mm -hmm. right, what our heart truly is in and of itself as we are children of the wicked one. Right. Right. And that's kind of what happens here to Cain. He gets exposed. His heart gets exposed mm-hmm. because he lives in this world of pride where instead of just all he had to do is obey God. And instead he lets his jealous heart get a hold of him and he, and he bonks his brother in the head, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, but yet both Cain and Abel, I mean, I think the story should be told are probably equal in their sins. Hmm. I mean, as far as just their general life, we could say, mm-hmm. right? They're both sinners. They're born sinners because their mom and dad, that's where they right. inherited their sin. But yeah, one 
recognizes that his father in heaven has made provision for him right. in the offering. And I'll bring him the best. Right. Yeah. And, and Cain's heart was wicked because his heart hadn't been transformed. Yeah. So again, I think, again, I think it just exposes um, who, who we're, who we are children of, right? And unless God does that perfect work in our lives, there's no hope of transformation. Yeah. And, and so, you know, Cain demonstrates that in, in that sense of not bringing the best offering, that he, in essence, hates righteousness, would we say, you know, that, that, that he, or he wants, he's not wanting God to make him right. Um, in the deepest sense, otherwise he would have brought his best offering. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. so um, would he, I think what he's transitioning here in the sense that verse 13 is interesting, that he goes from that and says, then do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. Okay, that's, is that a big leap to go from Cain to the, to the world hating? You know, Cain hated his brother and now, oh, the world hates you because you love you love Jesus, right? Oh, there is a connection, right? Because because Cain didn't love righteousness right. in that sense, right? And so it, it he's turning it back here. Um, well, and that's what exposes the true heart of the Jews in the gospel messages, right? Mm. Because they hate Jesus, right? I mean, that, they want to kill him. Why? Well, because he's mm. doing a couple of things. Um, first of all, he's exposing <laughs> their false message as as false teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, he calls them, uh, you know, the children of the devil, and uh, they're preachers of unrighteousness because they're preaching a false gospel. Right, right. And wow, they sure don't like that. And so, the world that hates Jesus are the most pious religious people on the planet at the time. Yeah, yeah. That, that's really scary because. There's nothing wrong with good religion, right? I mean, we would say that we're religious, but because um, religion is the, the quest for God, but we're following um, a religion that's speaking of true righteousness in Christ Jesus alone. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, when we think about Jesus' words, he says, they will hate you, why? Because of me. Jesus is Jesus becomes the dividing line. You know, he is the he's the chief cornerstone of our faith, but he's also the stone that makes people stumble. <laughs> yeah. Now let me tell you, I have a just while my brain is thinking like this, I I have a, a friend that um, uh, when I saw a commercial on television, it was a Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints commercial, mm. and I was like, man, you know, they they look so so nice. They look like they're, right. they're talking about Jesus, right. you know, and yet they're, they're on the path to hell. And my friend did not like that. Hmm. I, um, it, it felt offensive to him. Right. And I'm like, sorry. Yeah. That, that's the, that's the idea is that the Bible will offend you at whatever point you break stride with its truth. Yeah. Right. You can, you can't, you can believe 99% of it, but if, and this is on the main things, by the way, right. right. That Jesus Christ is deity, that he is, he is God in the flesh. Right. Which, right. They, which they don't believe. He's they, not a God. He's the God who created all things. Right. <laughs> and so that's a big, that's a big deal right there. Right. That's a, and so, um, I think when the gospel exposes, um, it's interesting, right? Because when you're 
in the same manner that the world hates um, us because it hated Jesus, right? Right. It's because we're walking in that light. Yeah, and and again, we're, just to be clear, and you've heard us say this a bunch of times on this podcast, and is that we're not claiming our own righteousness. Right. Far from it. Right. But by demonstrating his righteousness for us, our faith is in what Christ has done. Um, And our faith is not even in our own faith. (laughs) Our faith is in the person of Jesus. You know, and our faith is not in us being right. Our faith is in the fact that we trust that Jesus is right, and he made all things right, and he makes us right. You know, and when that message is offensive, offensive, and if people hate us because of it, right, then we just, we should expect it. Because it says, don't be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death unto life because we love the brothers. And so he's saying, how do we know? We know because we trust in Jesus, but we also know because now we start to have this love for one another. Uh, yeah, that, not, that this and, is the fruit of faith. Right. Right. And just uh, maybe a slight derivation from earlier because it says um, um, in verse 12 that we should love one another. 11, yeah. 11? Yeah. Oh, I went past, there it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. That we should love one another. Here it says brethren. So there's a distinguishing factor here because brethren here would be t- talking about people within the congregation yeah, of the church, right? right? Yeah, because we love the, my ESV says the brothers, the brethren, okay. right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and so, um, again, it, which goes back to the opening part of John. Sure does. We proclaim this so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship was with the Father and the Son. Right. So we, we see that it, the origin of all that is, is Christ. We share Christ and in, in, in the Father and the Spirit. So um, verse 14, we know that we've passed out of death life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Oh, wait, gosh, man. John, you are just, you go right to it. You didn't talk about murder. Now we're talking about death. Well, what does murder produce? Death. What's hate produce? Death. Mm. You know, so um, there again, there's no middle ground here. It goes back to this identification. He's willing to talk in, in, in this, whoever does not love abides in death, dwells in, lives in, is... Um, has fellowship, we could even, I think we could safely say has fellowship with death. Right. Right? Yeah, we're, maybe it's in Second Corinthians, it talks about the stench <laughs> yeah. that, that we have, right? You have this odor that's either, yeah. ple- either pleasing to God or one that's a stench unto yeah. him, right? Because death gives off, have you ever been past a, an no. animal on the roadside after oh. a couple of days, it gives off a terrible odor. Yeah. Well, and that's what, that's what our, that's what our personal works look like, you know, our self-righteous mm, acts or mm. Prideful acts look like to God, or they smell like to God, or our yeah. stench. And here we have uh, it's really, it's really acute and precise on that example of Cain and Abel, mm. isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. It's um, so I, I just want to read this uh, verse 14, a comment from the this is the uh, ESV uh, commentary. Um, again, because we've talked about many times, you know, that. This fruit, it doesn't merit us anything. This isn't meritorious, but it is the evidence. It's the fruit of, of our faith. Um, love for fellow believers is evidence of, the, of conversion, that 
one has been transformed from the realm of death to the realm of life. This is one way we can know the reality of our conversion. This also shows that such love is supernatural. It's not that we're producing ourselves, right? This Mm -hmm. is what God's producing in us. It does not arise naturally in fallen hearts, but requires the supernatural work of God. On the other hand, anyone who does not have such love remains in the realm of death. Right? And, and that's what we see. This old life that's passing away is characterized by death, that realm of death, which he's brought us out of. Back to our Colossians series, right? This transfer that is the, you know, to dead to righteousness in Christ, which is life. Um, but anyone who does not have such love remains in the realm of death. That, that we, you know, we don't like to look at our loved ones and our friends and our neighbors in this way. But that's that's the reality, right? right the yeah. wages of sin is death, right? And the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know that's Romans six twenty three, mm-hmm. and so that's our worldview. That's 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 you know that it's in some ways it's a very simple way to look at the world. It's a very harsh way, you know. People would say to look at the world, but this is the reality. That we're told, right, and, yeah. and 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 that should, when we really wrap our hearts and minds around this, it should drive us to want to share this good news that we have. Our it's good news to believe in Jesus, right? That, inter- <laughs> that you know that invitation to the world outside of us is is really critical. That's the commission that we're set to do. But um, really, practically speaking, this is also a message for us within the within the congregation when we're dealing with our brothers and sisters within these four walls, isn't it? Because, mm. I mean, if we have animosity towards somebody within these four walls that's that's loves Jesus and and doing their best to proclaim His truth, and you know, and maybe we don't, I, you know, personalities are, are kind of an interesting thing. It doesn't. It's right. not saying that we have to be best friends with everybody. Sure. No. Right. right. Yeah. You know? So. So there's some nuances to it, but the idea of within the congregation to despise somebody right. or something like that is really, uh, I mean, it's exposing something in, in, in you, right? The flesh yeah. the, the flesh that's remaining, maybe, or, or yeah. whatever. But these are things when, when that happens, like, oh, I better... I better sharpen up here. You know, right. I, I better be understanding that Christ loved me at my worst moment. Yes. You know, how can I not be gracious to those around me that right. are believing the same thing? And exactly. And it should help. I mean, that's one of those, it's a great evaluator of our heart. Yeah. And and we and so do I believe I'm a new man in Christ? Yes, I do. That is should that new man be growing in love? Yes, it should. So when I find myself not doing that for a brother, then I then I need to say, man, there's still some old man left in me. Uh, he's been crucified by Christ. He shouldn't have power. But I mean, if he's st- if I'm still attracted to that hate, if I'm still attracted to that looking down my nose at the speck in someone else's eye, mm. it should be revealing the log that's in mine, right? Uh, it doesn't mean I don't evaluate good acts versus bad acts, right? It doesn't mean that I can't notice sin. But the point is, is that when that shows itself, like you said, in this hate and this pride of looking down upon others, then, you know, wake up. <laughs> yeah. That that old man still, um, there's still a lot of habits and residue of that old man in my life that I need to be putting off. Right. You know, and in putting on love. Uh, great, 
great word for their yeah, own pet. And you know, yeah. um, the, uh, the, the verse that you took me to in your last comment there was from Hebrews 4.12, which mm. we know well, of course, but it says, for the word of God is living and powerful and mm. sharper than any two-edged sword, right? It pierces even to the division of soul and spirit and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. Right. I mean, that's talking about the word of God. That's why it's so important to be not only doing these studies, but to have personal time with God in yeah. his word, because it's that word that comes in and um, is written on our heart to help us recognize these things. That's why we, when you see people that have been in the church and serving God for a long time that love their Bible, that their Bible's all worn out, yeah, right? Right. Those people have amazing hearts of, of, of prayer for other people right. and um, lack of selfishness and their right. desires for, I mean, just to serve. Right. It's a, it's a really neat thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's, and, and it's, it's all because of that word of God that, you know, and they didn't start like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and there are saints in this congregation who've been walking the Lord for years, right? Yeah. And who've been reading their Bibles. Now they may not know in some senses as much theology as me, you know, but man, they know the Lord deeply. Mm -hmm. They know their, the Word, and it's shaping their life, and they love, and I have so much to learn from them, even as their pastor, right? That there's, there's a, a woman in our, our congregation been here for years, a prayer warrior, Vicki, and she works around the church, and she just has such a deep love for Jesus and a love for people that, and, and, and her prayer life, and she just, you know, that it was just like, I want to be... I want to walk with the Lord for as many years as Vicky has. Oh man, you know, yeah. and and just and and so it's just you know it's it's those kind of people that just touch you and like you said that how do I know that they love Jesus because I see the way they love others and I see the, their deep love for Jesus and closeness. Yeah, right, for and sure. where where they're abiding. Yeah, <laughs> and on the other hand, you know, when I look back at my my old days, um, maybe as a, as a as a new mm -hmm. uh, believer, and I think about kind of the condition of my heart and maybe um, that there's things that I can hide. Right. You know, I can, I can walk it pretty good inside <laughs> these four walls, but I get out or whatever the case may be. Right. But you know, verse 13 of the same um, chapter four of Hebrews says that there is no creature hidden from his sight. Right. right? But all things are naked and open to the eyes of God right. to whom we must give account. Right. You, you can't do it in secret. You can't, right? You can't have a secret double right. life. Yeah, double standard. It's the same thing. If, if you ran up a conversation with Vicky, she would tell you she's the biggest sinner in the world, right? And guess, <laughs> and, and, right, yeah, right. yeah. And, and and Paul does too, right? Exactly. I mean, the guy that wrote two thirds of exactly. the New Testament, exactly. Chief of sinners. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so verse sixteen. Uh, By this we know love that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Oh, there's the contrast. Who's the who's the opposite of Cain? Jesus. Mm. What does he? You know what does he? He doesn't take life. He actually lays down his life for love. So love is shows itself in the, even being willing to die. Mm -hmm. You know to take the death that we deserve. And so, which again, I can never get an, enough of that in the sense of. I continually am awed and in amazement that Jesus do, does this for us, that we get to participate in his death so that we don't have to experience, and not that we won't experience physical death, but that, you know, that we, mm -hmm. we get to the, that he does that for us. The God of the universe left heaven 
to in, in, in the second person of the Trinity to come and take on flesh, to, to become as one made out of dirt. Right. Like Adam. Right. Oh, it's... So that we wouldn't have to taste the penalty. Right. You know, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. You know, um, it, it is believable, but only by the supernatural work of God. It's right? going to come out. In fact, when I was reading this verse, I was, I got ahead of myself when I was reading. I almost, I almost, you know, by this, we, we, we know love because he laid down his life yeah. know, for us. But, you know, um, in the Gospel of John, uh, I I think it's in 14, but during the, the Last Supper, uh, Jesus is talking about a couple of different things, of course. Um, first thing he says is, don't let your hearts be burdened, right? You know, you believe in God, believe also in me. But then he said, um, at the Last Supper, when he, after, I think it's right after supper, he goes to wash the disciples' feet. And we, we did this um, when we had our Monday, Thursday yep. um, thing, right. right? But the uh, idea is it says that Jesus... He loved his disciples to the end or that he loved them to the uttermost. Mm-hmm. Well, what is the uttermost? I mean, that is to the point of extreme love all to the ultimate end, which um, he would die, lay, lay his life down for them. That also is true of us, right? Yes. And I think that's just such a powerful thing. You know, um, if you, if you really, if you really comprehend that, um, and, and when it when it comes upon you, this always happens to me when I'm reading scripture, you know, during a class or something like that, I'll be reading it and I can't get through it because yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I have this, I have this emotional reaction. It's an emotional reaction to exactly that it's me that he's done this for, you know, right. and, and of course all the brethren, but the fact that he would include a sinner like me is amazing. And now we are his children and now we have fellowship with God and the son and, um, and with each other. I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole story here. Yeah. And and, you know, that reminds me of is, um, uh, Psalm 19. We, we did this in our first season on the law of God. Right. And I, I, I was preparing to speak at the men's retreat and I was I, I Sunday morning I preached from Psalm 19. I went back and re-listened to some of our podcasts and as well as some other people's stuff. But it reminds me of what it talks about, the law of the God, giving joy to the heart, verse 8. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. And that's all. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. And ultimately, that, that what's the culmination of all these things is Jesus, the Word of God, the the, the, the faithful instruction of God, the Torah kept perfectly for us, our righteousness mm. for us. And when that happens, it just gives joy to our heart. And sometimes, like you said, we're reading scripture and the, that joy just overwhelms us to the point where we, we just start tearing up. We can't even finish reading the sentence, right? <laughs> you know, because yeah. that's what the revelation of the Holy Spirit applying the word of God to us in recognizing that all this is Jesus um, it just it gets to be overwhelming for us, right? And that's what we have here, right? He is the one um, who laid down his life for us. He's mm. the one who fulfilled all righteousness for us, right? Right? He became the sacrifice for us, um, the fulfillment of the law. Uh, are, you, are you still in Psalm nineteen? Yeah. Read uh, verse ten. Yeah, they are more precious than gold. More than pure gold, they are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them your servant is warned, and keeping them there's great reward. Wow! But yeah, I yeah. mean, just the, but what I was thinking about as I was um, thinking about that verse is 
when people, um, when you see this on TV, somebody will sell their soul to the devil type mm-hmm. of thing, right? Mm-hmm. What are they doing it for? For riches, for gold. Yeah. Christ offers more right. than, than the gold, right? Right. Better, all the gold in the world. What this, did Esau sell his birthright for? Uh, some food. Some food. <laughs> <laughs> right? It was, uh, the, the, yeah. Yeah, what's, it's sweeter than the best honey, right? Whatever you think the best food is, yeah. you know? Whatever it, whatever yeah, whatever it, it is. is. And, yeah. and, and the things that we chase of this world, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, they just lead to nothingness, right? We're, we're moth and dust corrupt and... Um, it's a, a rust. It's a, yeah. It's a, what an amazing thing here mm-hmm. that we um, can that the word of God. I mean, you read in the very first section there. You know, it's the word of God. Yeah. That um, or, or the the law of the Lord is perfect, right? Right. Well, the law, the word of God is perfect, and what does it say? It does it converts the soul. It the, <laughs> that's that that is a right. a witnessing tool. It is. And that's that's ultimately, you know, we, we talked about this some in, when we did the podcast and when I, in my men's retreat message, I, I said, you know, the first part of the Psalm 19 is God's glory. It's talking about of creation, his general revelation. But but that, a lot of people can see God's glory and we need, that's a starting place. We need that, but 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 get get it wrong because they don't have the law. They don't have the, commi- the, the, the special revelation of the word of God to right. help them understand yeah. Who this God of creation is, but even that, the Word of God. Ultimately, we need that. We need that discerning wisdom that, to recognize that we are sinful. That we need that God alone is our salvation. That the Torah, all His instructions, ultimately lead to He has to be our Savior. Mm. We can't save ourselves, and so we need that gospel revelation. That we need Jesus. The because in Hebrews He came first. He spoke to us through the prophets, but ultimately and finally. Finally, he speaks to us through his son, Jesus Christ, right? We need him, the one who comes and lays down his life for us. And verse 17, related to the gold, but if anyone has the world's goods, (laughs) look at that, (laughs) right? And sees his brother and yet closes his heart against him, how does Mm. God's love abide in him? Right. Right. If you're valuing that the actual gold over the gold of knowing God's word and what true love is, and you don't help your brother, right. you don't have it right. Yeah. And yeah. this is and this is important when we talk about the fruit inspection, mm-hmm. isn't it? You know, how do we how do we um how do yeah. we judge each other? Right. I mean, we're not judging their their eternal soul, but we're judging their actions um as being good fruit right. fruit producers. What's do. Jesus do when he walks into the instipital and inspects it? And there's all this buying and selling of goods going on. Yeah. Right? But they're not letting the foreigner come in and, and be in the temple of the, the, the court of the Gentiles to really know who God is, you know. <laughs> that's a heart. That's a fruit inspection, right there. Yeah, yeah. it's the fig tree before uh, well, he goes that's in. That's where I thought you were right? going. Yeah, but, but before he goes into yeah. the temple, he he inspects the fig tree. It looks green and luscious, but it's got no fruit. Right. He goes into the temple. It looks busy and and full of all these religious people, but it's got no fruit. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he he says. Um, he he judges both of them. He says he's going to throw the the, kid, the temple can be judged. The first the fig tree's cursed, and and what happens when we don't love our brother by giving him what he needs when we have the capability of giving him what they need? We're not demonstrating that fruit, right? Little children, verse eighteen. Let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Um, it's very interesting. Back to the to the um, e. e- 
ESV commentary. I love this phrase. He, he, he says here, kind of summing up at the end of this, of course, this does not mean that loving, the wor- loving words or talk are useless. John himself demonstrates loving talk in this letter. His point is that true love is not merely talk or sentiment. Love is not content only to speak, but must act for the good of the one loved. That which only feels and speaks, but does not act is not true love. And here's this little phrase I love. He says, love without works is dead. Yeah. We think about James, faith without works is dead, but here he's saying love without works is dead, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was a great way to put it, because yeah. that's what he's saying, right. that love will demonstrate itself in deeds. Now, the deeds themselves don't do anything apart from the love of Christ in us. I mean, it's Christ who does it all, merits it all right. for us, right? But that loving response to what Christ merited for us the outgrowth of that will be love, and love will show itself in action. It does. It has to be action, right? So faith, hope, and love, you yes. know, and the greatest of these is, is love, right. uh, or the, is it char- charis, the, the charity type yeah, of the right, word, the, right. the Greek. Um, it's an action. Yeah. It's it's not it's not an emotional love. I mean, the emotions can be part of yeah. it, but it's an actual... I love you, Thad. Yeah, well, thanks. Now, you know... What are you going to do about it? <laughs> Come help me push my car to the curb because yeah. my battery died. No, I'm, I don't love you that much. Well, right. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. And that's no greater love that yeah. has you know a person than to lay his life down for his right. friends. That's that's Christ. Again, it's that is. Yeah, and I'll give I'll give a practical example that my wife and I experienced of this for our brother Thad who loved us one day. It was uh, our furnace went out, and it was it was a day where you know no. Nobody could help. I mean, it was, I forget what the, it was, it was a holiday or something, but it was like, we weren't going to get help from our local furnace guy, but Thad was able to help us. And he came over one day, um, probably to his wife's dismay, <laughs> but, but he, you know, you love, but he came and helped us in our time of need right there when we needed it, you know, and then that's just that it's, it shows itself in action and we were very appreciative that he was able to get our furnace running yeah, again. Yeah, well, no, I'm glad that you saw that. You don't know my true heart, which was just to, you know, earn my position on the show with you. <laughs> no, I, no, but, I, but no, that is, you, th- you, you know, know, it is. And that seems like a, it's a really small thing, but again, yeah. it's an action of inconvenience that, you know, that right. we, that's what we do for each other. And that's, that's, you know, that's why we have our deacons here at church. That's why we have our, are you, that's why we're, when, if you're in a small group and you reach out to, to somebody, because another one of our small group members at a different time was, helped us, you know, with, 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 with a similar thing. That's, that is just, you know, how we demonstrate that. And it doesn't, you know, mean that we always 100% time are able to, to do everything just when people want us to do it. You know, it's not necessarily that, but it does mean, can we help? And if I don't, if I can and don't want, if I'm able in if I have the time and the resources, and I don't help, what does that say about us? Uh, yeah. Again, it's one of those. It's one of those evaluators. It means I'm selfish. Now, yeah. am I selfish? I am. Yeah. Right. And so, um, so I should want to do and be and and, and do these things. And so, um, this isn't merit based salvation that he's talking about here. No, what he's talking about is keeping the commands. That we pledged our, if we pledged ourselves to the Lord, that we love Him, and He says, "Now love your neighbor," then we should love our neighbor. Yeah, right? Right. it's as simple as that. Right. Uh, this is not a um, works-based thing. This is Jesus asking, "Do you love me?" Right. 
Exactly. And you know, and if you're, if you happen to be listening and you, and you feel like, um, maybe you're one of those people that, uh, can, you know, go to church or, or read your Bible, um, and then be okay with maybe treating others poorly. Mm. Maybe it's a neighbor next door or right. something. And maybe they did something. Maybe the other, maybe your neighbor was even in the wrong, but you didn't handle it with grace. Yeah. And you justified yourself with that. You know, this last verse of 17 here that we just read, um, I hope it convicts our hearts. You know, it, it says that whoever... Um, has this world's goods and sees his brothers and needs and shuts his heart from him. How does the love of God abide in him? Now this doesn't have to be just goods, but it can be just charitable efforts, right? right. How does the love of God abide in us? How does it abide in me when I'm acting that way? How, yeah. how am I allowing room for God's love to truly abide? I mean, that should really um, make me double think how I'm treating people at mm. times, you know? And again, for us who are in the, we, we should want this to be exposed, our hearts yeah. to be exposed in that manner. So, Oh, we can say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I blew it. I can't, I can't do this. I should be walking in the light as he is in the light. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that's right. It's, it's all about growing. This, this, this chapter here is not only about being in the family, but, but about growing in that faith. Yeah. It is. And, and what greater testimony uh, if we're going to be people of the word, the scriptures themselves, but also of Jesus, the word he made flesh. Um, then people are going to notice that. You know, Pastor Tweedy, you know, often, you know, says love opens the door for the truth to walk in. Mm. And I think, and his, and I don't know if it's from him or his wife or uh, Debbie who says that a lot too, or, or, or they probably got it from, they probably read it from someone else, but they say it all the time in the sense of, you know, are we, do we believe that just social action itself or helping out with justice issues or loving the poor, the need is, is, is that the full answer? No, but it is the door that opens the way that says, Oh, you're different. Some, there's something different about you, right? Why are you, hopefully someone's, why did you do this for me? Because of Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I'm thinking about, you know, Thanksgiving where we um, ship some turkeys up to uh-huh. different communities and whatnot. Right. right? And what was that? Just to feed a few bellies? No, no it was to right. to allow um, that love right. to walk through that door, yeah. so there the gospel might be received. Exactly. Yeah. That's, exactly. That's that's awesome. Yeah. And so you know, I want to say that there have been times when churches got so wrapped up in just doing the stuff and never sharing the truth of Jesus with people that you can lose your way with that. You can, but. It doesn't mean, but some churches' reaction has been, well, it's not the job of the church to do that. It's Our job is just to, to, to preach the gospel. Right. And it's like, no, it's both. It's clear here, both. Yeah. You don't, it does, don't bring a false argument. Don't, don't, don't bring in a this or that when it doesn't need to be. Jesus isn't saying this or that. It's both. Do both. Right. And, and that's what we're doing here. And so, and he's he's encouraging us, especially within the brethren, within the body of of Christ, right? That it, that we have to to demonstrate that love within ourselves, and then it should be overflowing into the way we we love others, the the whole the whole world, right? Right, absolutely. And it's and it's not just about the actions of love. It, the um, the action of love. It's like the cup of cold water when it's yeah. given in the name of Jesus. It's got to be accompanied with the gospel yeah. truth, right? It is, and that's why he says here, 
you know, what example does he He says, Jesus laid down your li- his life. You right. know, he's <laughs> preaching the gospel as he's giving the, demons, the, the, uh, the example. So, yeah. well, um, so let us do the same. Well, good. You know, so I think uh, that will probably take us to the end of today's um, episode. And then it looks like we should be able to get through the rest of chapter three next, next time. Um, and, you know, this, this book, it's interesting. You know, when you spend, it's one thing to read through the book and you can get the message. But when you spend a, a few weeks talking about it the way that we, ha- the mm-hmm. way that we do, um, I appreciate you. Because it, it really, you know, um, it really speaks. Mm-hmm to my heart, mm. you know, and I, I think about, you know, maybe I'll go into this with intentions on sharing some truths with others. And of course it is about that, maybe that gospel message, but, um, the edification of his word speaks mm. to all of us that are it, in the body, doesn't it? It does. It does. And, and there's a reason he says that it, it will not come away void. Mm. <laughs> right. Uh, and so, and, and that's why, you know, if if you're lifting this and you've been with the Lord following him for years, you know, we always say, and you know this already, but we just want to keep this. Don't don't stop. Don't stop letting don't stop planting yourself by those streams of living water, right? That right. we named this podcast after. There's a reason for that. And and you're like, well, I've read First John before. So yeah. <laughs> I've read it plenty of times before <laughs> and going in depth here and having a, con- and we said this before, having a conversation partner, a study partner or two yeah. or three to, to walk through it with, it's going to yield its fruit in season, in season out. It's, it's going to yield its fruit. It's going to do its work. And so um, make it a priority. Yeah. So Sounds thanks good. for joining us. And we'll be back next week as we finish chapter three. Sounds great. Have a good day, everybody. Join us next time as we look into the fruits of being a child of God and our obligation to the second greatest commandment. Planet is a Cornerstone EPC production, connecting to God, one another, and the world through the love of Jesus. More information can be found at cornerstonebrighton.com.